The show you're about to hear is a member of the Plains Talkers Podcast Network. To find out more, go to plainstalkerspodcast.com. So I'm over here talking at my butt anyway. Super fun. Wait, hang on. Did you play the Sunday challenge? I did not. There's no L's in the Sunday <laughs> challenge. <laughs> yeah. Ignore the fact that it has the same for, number of for, abilities for, that Jace does. For <laughs> Hi, I'm Jake. And I'm Matt. And we are Cantrip Cartel. We are proud members of the Plain Talkers Podcasting Network, and we are here to talk magic. Matt, how are you doing today? Uh, not too bad. Got my day off, but that pretty much just playing uh, Diablo 2 Resurrected. I think I've beat it normal and nightmare with Necro, normal and nightmare with Sorceress, and I've got a Frozen Orb. I have seen you on uh, Battle.net quite a bit when I'm logging in to play Call of Duty. Yep, I'm rapidly approaching divorce i think <laughs> i haven't been upstairs <laughs> from my basement <laughs> i was uh, gonna ask uh, this is not diablo related i saw another thing that it was an update was posted again to valheim have you touched that recently i haven't touched okay. it so I, we don't know i'd want to look at the update i mean maybe they fixed the stamina issues that we talked about before it did say that there were changes to food gotcha i think food and weapon this i just read the headline but food and weapons got changed yeah, for sure. I'll have to check that out. Valheim's a great game. It's just not very fun in its current state. Yeah, that's really downside to see a game get a patch like that. And they're obviously going to make some changes, and it seems like they just made some changes in the wrong direction. And I don't know if we said this the last time, but if you want to imagine what it's like to play Valheim now, if you've ever played Minecraft, take Minecraft and then add in a stamina bar. Yeah. So every time you swing your axe, you lose yep. some stamina. Yep. And then... We talk about the whole, the, the fun part of Minecraft is you just get to go and do whatever you want as long as you want. You can mine a mine shaft all day if you want to. You can dig dirt. You can swim. Yep. So we're putting restrictions on that with basically time gating it where you have to keep waiting. It just takes a lot of the like the mindless fun out of it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's my that's one of my favorite parts of the game. So gotcha. once that kind of went out the window, I was like, well, good thing D2R just came out. Oh, Diablo 2. For me, I have not played very much chess, uh, at least against people. I am up to like 750. I basically played two or three games. I won them. I won, I've won all of them. I've done some puzzles and whatnot, but kind of just had took a break from chess. Played a little bit more Call of Duty this week. I don't know why, but my Call of Duty bug's been itching, so I started playing. Sarah actually started playing with me. Nice. We uh, we don't play like on the same team, but we sit next to each other, and she does WASD, and I do the shooting, and it's a clusterfuck, but it's fun. We just fucking suck, obviously. Um, I kind of carry. Hilarious. We usually we're usually about one and one because I kind of direct her. I'm like, hey, go over here. A lot of it, I'll let her do what she wants, but I also direct, hey, we need to go check on A. We need to go out to this corner. There's gonna be there's someone's gonna be back by there. We need to go check on that. You know, I'm like, you know, <laughs> fuck. I sound like a uh, I sound like a coach at a football game. Fuck, push, 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 push. Back, back, back. Over, over, over. <laughs> Screaming at her, trying to get her to to go where we need to go, and it's a lot of fun. We just run around we usually go like one and one yep. you know one death one kill we'll have but we'll have every game we'll have one where we'll go through a, a room and just fucking bing 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 and get two or three kills just murder some dudes yeah gets yeah get a real fun run and it's been a lot of fun that's been a real like real fun experience i get to have with my wife is us playing terrible call of duty together other than that i don't think i've really done much else matt i think i'm gonna i think i'm gonna stop gabbing and let's move on to the legacy metagame Sure. There was a little bit of concern about Sunday's challenge. Uh, Saturdays did not fire for the third week in a row. Sundays fired late. They managed to barely manage to scrape up enough people to run it. Uh, I couldn't get any answers as to whether or not anybody double queued or anything like that in order to cause the event to fire. We have seen that before. That has happened before. Basically, people will log on to a different account, queue into the event to hit that 64 minimum, and then just drop right away. For what we normally talk about, that won't really affect anything. Mm -hmm. But the big thing to, uh, we'll talk about it a little later, but the big thing to keep in mind here is it's getting harder and harder to scrounge up 64 people who want to play Legacy. So yeah. Keep that in mind. I did see, uh, before yeah, you go, go on, I did see a really good point somebody made on Reddit that I wanted to address. Uh, there was a popular Reddit post actually that I put up. We'll talk about that later. Talking about the potential problems with the Legacy meta. And the point was maybe less people are playing online because more people are playing in paper. And that's a possibility. There are more paper events, and people are probably more excited to pay to play paper events right now than they have been. But we never had a problem firing events yeah. three years ago before COVID was even a thing. Yeah, so, that's the thing. Like, I, I think can... I think it's a very like obvious thing someone would think about or go, well, yeah, duh, paper events for firing. I'd rather go. I mean, I would rather go play paper at my local F and M. But we never had a problem before in a good legacy format firing events. So I right. don't think that's a very good reason. Yeah. And on top of that, I mean, like I could see that if on the Saturday that the legacy pit did their giant yeah. tournament, 
Sure. There's probably there's probably a decent amount of overlap between people playing online and people playing at major events. Mm-hmm. But most of the people playing online are like serious grinders. That's why they're playing in these challenges. Yeah. And for the most part, they don't tend to miss the Sunday ones. It could definitely contribute to it. We have been seeing more legacy events yeah. popping up fairly frequently, like in-person events. So that's a great sign. Mm-hmm. So we just kind of had to watch out for this. Yep. So if we're going to talk about the legacy challenge on Sunday... The top eight, like we always do, Red Prison, one, Dragon Stompies, what it's typically called. It's been its name for years. But Dragon Stomp. I don't think I ever call it Dragon Stompy. I've yeah, always that, heard it called Red that, Prison. Yeah, it's that's its that's the name. Yeah. It's the same well, with like, be, I'm a new I'm a new legacy player, so we've always called it Red Prison. Why would it be called Dragon Stompy? Legacy naming conventions are weird. Gotcha. That's just the way it is. So like you'll see it Red Prison, Dragon Stompy, those are almost always synonymous. Uh, obviously there's gonna be yep. People out there are like, well, actually, Dragon Stompy runs one copy of this. Yeah. That kind of thing. The whole people that are like, it's not Blue Red Delver. It isn't Delver. There's no Delvers. Right. That kind of stuff. Pretty straightforward list. Chalice of the Void, Chrome Mox, Trinisphere, Blood yep. Moon, Ancient oh. Tomb, City of Traitors. It's a whole deck built around turn one, Trinisphere, turn one, Blood Moon, or turn one, Chalice. Correct. Just trying to basically win the game yep. on turn one and then just bog you down and then beat you to death with like a Goblin Rabble Master or Legion War Boss. Yep. Like, which... I do think it's funny that the most goblins that are being played aren't in the goblin deck. They of course are in not. Red Prison. Red Prison is the superior goblin deck. Yep. So in second, we've got Blue Red Tempo. Third, we've actually got a control deck, uh, Miracles. Uh, it's four colors, which I thought was interesting. And I mean, it's a legit four color deck. It's not just like splashing white no, for um, whatever. It's got Savannah and Tega. Tyga. Okay. Yeah, it's got, it's I mean, legit four yeah. colors. What's it buying in our fourth color? Is it looking at getting more discard? I don't know what colors are what colors are it. Uh, it's everything but black. Oh, so, so kind of discard. Uh, he's got one life from the loam. I thought that was that's kind of interesting in this kind of deck. Mm, I mean, I, if you're going to be stretching your mana base that thin, that makes sense. Yeah, just hitting those when you are reusing those fetches. Well, and if you're so susceptible to wasteland, life from the loam to get those cards back might be a necessity. You know, yep. you, you might only have one or two red sources in the deck that you can actively be using right now. And it does. A decent job fueling Uro. Ooh, a good point. So, you know, you're dredging cards. I mean, either you're dredging Uro in there mm-hmm. or you're dredging fuel for or yep. for Uro. 100%. And then, you know, you're getting your fetches back or getting your duels that got wastelanded back. So it's a pretty cool list. There's nothing. The the Life from the Loam was kind of the big one. It only has one Terminus. It's got a Shark Typhoon, a couple of I'm kind of surprised you even seeing Terminus. I've seen Terminuses be kind of going the way of the Dodo yeah. in the current meta. I... I like having one in there, just looking at that list, because I love the option, because some, sometimes you just get lucky. Yep. And when you have enough cantrips in here, sometimes you're just like, whoa, Terminus would be really cool mm-hmm. right now, and that can't happen if it's not in the deck. Yep. And then, you know, again, with those cantrips, just having one in there, if it's not what you need right now, you just shuffle it away. Your your chances of drawing it as a dead card against combo are pretty low, because there's only one. Is that list running Dragon Rage Channeler? Because if it's running Dragon Rage Channeler, that just fuels digging so aggressively nope uh cool. two snapcaster one endurance three uro and two jace that's your threat suite basically. real and weird shark mix. Typhoon. no four ofs not, not in the creature suite which is kind of interesting to see cantrips allows you to do that obviously but that just always shows me a deck that isn't super committed to any one plan yep. it's really flexing out whereas you know a lot of decks will run four monastery mentor you know what that deck's trying to do it's trying to yeah. control Get mentor down, beat face, blah blah blah. Four Uro, four Ragavan, four DRC. When you're not running any four ofs, you're kind of committing yourself to not knowing what you're going to see regularly and just find what you need when yep. you need it. Which can be very fun to do. Yeah, it can. It take that deck and make it a little more, little maybe a little higher variance while maintaining the same power level. Yep, and then well, and that's the thing. You're going to get a little bit more power because you've got like the one of miracles that ticks the power level that's up true. a little bit. Stuff like that. That's one of the things uh, we've talked about it before. Like, if you wanted a perfectly consistent deck, you'd run 60 lands, right? You're stealing that from I am. Julian. I am, 100%. <laughs> yes. It's a great, sta- it's a great that's statement of- that's been made by Julian, and I'm sure other people. Yeah. Not, I'm just giving you a hard time. <clears throat> yep. But yeah, you want to know, you want a perfectly consistent deck, run 40 basics. Yeah, and the, the trick in Legacy with your deck construction is finding that mix between consistency and power level. Yep. You want to be doing the most powerful thing you can as often and as consistently as possible. Yep. You don't necessarily want to be running weak cards that you just cast every game and your opponent doesn't care about. Mm-hmm. And we've got uh, Mono Green Cloud Post. We saw Cloud Post last week. Yeah. Cloud Post is kind of sticking around. Just, we hadn't seen Cloud Post in a while in the top eight. And now we've seen it twice back to back. That's pretty cool. 
Yeah, I'm excited there, to see that. I wonder if it's just one dude. We didn't look at the name last week. Oh, it's just one dude who's a bomb with Mono Green Post. There's actually a couple. Uh, there's a couple more lists in the top 32. Very so, cool. Yeah, it's. I'm guessing so, that list isn't running DRC and Ragavan. So good I for them. I really like Mono Green Cloud Post as a deck. Mm-hmm. I hate playing against it. Like it just craps all over elves. <laughs> it's just not even yep. a fun matchup. But it looks like so much fun to play. Like I love. I mean, I play elves. I love dropping a ton of mana in one yeah. turn. And just being able to just every land taps for two, then three, then, then three, four. then four, and that that's just super cool to me. Yep. So I will never be upset, even though it's one of my deck's bad matchups. I'll never be upset to see unless unless it's decks one through eight or cloud yeah. post, then we might have a problem. Uh then we've got uh blue white karn, Echo Veon's deck. Yep. We've seen this one before, same stuff. Urza Saga, that's no surprise. Yep, it's a really good addition to a Karn deck like that. Yeah, and no, uh, at almost no cost. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we've got. I mean, some of those, some of those, um, a Aeon of Echo decks, a Karn decks were winning with Karn Strucks before. Yeah. So now they just get more of them. They just get a better engine to make them. Yep, and we've got another. Uh, looks like Bant Miracles here. Mm-hmm. The superior oh, I guess miracles. Can, I don't even know. Again, this is one of those naming conventions. It has one miracle. It's got one terminus. Yeah. I mean, are we still calling it miracles at this point? I've been calling them bank control. Yeah. Yeah. MT, like Goldfish and whatnot, usually calls them bank miracles. I have transitioned to calling miracles let miracles lists control lists because that's what it's doing. It's not. Yep. It's not casting entreat the angels, and it's not casting terminus. It's not casting. Yeah, that's definitely not planned. Temporal a. mastery. We're not miracling anything anymore. Really, we're just controlling and playing the best late game threats after yep. controlling in the mid to early game. Yeah, you got Teferi in there and Ice Fang yep. That's about the only real change in those as opposed to the other one. Then we got uh, Seventh Reanimator. Talked about this cool. before. Cool, Again, cool. that was Jake's first legacy deck. So, again, another one of my terrible matchups. Fun terrible to play. matchups. <laughs> but I did get plenty of practice at it when uh, Jake and I would play yeah. hours of Elves vs. Reanimator. I was trying to get a year's worth of legacy in in one weekend. Yep. And then uh, coming in at eighth, we've got Green White uh, Depths. Doesn't look like there's anything. Nothing, nothing special other than after the addition of yeah it's got a uh, three yavamayas on yavamayas in there uh that's a great card i don't have any issues with that no delver no delver no tempo uh, that was the delver got second there was one. Oh, i apologize yeah i apologize so one still one delver deck's not bad in our top eight yeah the the top eight doesn't look too bad Ooh. not gonna lie there uh it's the rest of the top 32 that's yeah a little problematic we, we won't go through the whole 32 but we'll go through some of the percentages yeah just uh, so out of the top 32, four of them were cloud post, like we talked about. Mm-hmm. There's a couple in there. We got four blue red tempo. Yep. And then three Jeskai tempo. So seven. Seven out of the top 32. Right. Uh, probably Ragavan DRC tempo decks. Yeah. And then you then you just got a bunch of twos and ones. Okay. As far as your card breakdowns go, this is going to be something I want to reference later. So I want to say it now. When we're talking about problem cards and legacy, mm-hmm. keep in mind card top most played card force of will 56 percent of decks yep brainstorm 53 percent of decks yep. i would under 53 percent of decks bannable play rates for any other card correct days 38 percent and then just to highlight the problem even further the fifth most played card is pyroblast i i've heard many people say and i kind of agree a format where pyroblast is main deckable is a format with problems correct it's a symptom obviously it's a symptom yeah for sure then you've got a uh, swords to plowshares Ragavan, Expressive Iteration. That one doesn't normally pop up in the top 10. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's one of the cards I talked about when it came out. I, I think it's a very powerful card. Whether or not it needs to go is it's certainly in contention. I'll be totally just, honest. I am shocked that card is so good in Legacy because you are taking your entire turn off to get some card advantage. Obviously, that's good. But like you look at your take, usually you're taking turn three off. If you want to cast that, it's peak efficiency as early as you can. Turn three is a big turn in Legacy to just be skipping. Yep. Obviously, think, it's worth it, but holy cow. Like, if it was me, I would be treating it more like Brainstorm than I would Ponder. So, with Brainstorm, you want to hold those as mm-hmm. long as you can because See, they get better. Gotcha. See, and I would do that with the same thing with my Expressive Iteration. I'd be using my the... Ponders or Preordains first and then wait because they get, not only do they get better because they effectively cost less as the game goes on because mm-hmm. they take up a smaller proportion of a turn. Yeah. You also, A, the same thing with any cantrip, know what you're looking for, and then B, you're far more likely to be able to utilize the card that's that you exile for yeah. that turn. It's it's really strong. It's one of those deceptively strong cards where, like, when you're you're talking about legacy, you're like, it's a two-mana cantrip. Yep. 
that I mean, yeah, it well, may see some a, play. There's but, a dozen two mana cantrips. Right. Not one of them sees play outside of uh, show and tell. Correct. Because they'll run impulse sometimes. And that's the big difference is expressive iteration Those, most of the time gets you up a yeah. card as opposed to just the uh, cycling through. Showing the real power of card advantage. Yeah, just a single card. I was uh, thinking about on the way over the idea that card advantage 10 years ago and card advantage today is so much different. I never thought about it. Going up a card today, the cards do so much more. That one card is way more. What if that card is a Ragavan or a Murktide? Yeah, then you're you know, effectively going up two or three whereas cards. Whereas maybe five years ago, if you had this, or six years ago or ten years ago, you were going up a Nimble Mongoose. A yep. good card, but not a Murktide Regent. Right, and it, I mean, if you want to go back even further, you're going up a Sarah Angel, right? Yeah. Like a six-mana flyer. Well, I'm saying, I don't want like, to go back to like, mana flyer. I don't want to go back but, to like 1996. Yeah, well, you don't have to go. But we hit 2005 or whatever. Well, and yeah, like, but if you, if you started at the beginning, you can see the whole trend yeah. of like, as the threats keep getting better and better, like Sarah Angel did not produce any card advantage on its own. Uh -uh. So when you went up a card and if that was your card, okay, you went up a card. Yeah. Now if you go into something like, for example, you said Nimble Mongoose, but if we twist it just a little bit and say Wild Mongrel, you can start generating some card advantage with my Wild Mongrel. Mm -hmm. If you go further and you start to look at cards like Oko and Uro, now you're generating several cards yeah. worth of card yeah, advantage. I mean, I, Expressive Iteration isn't going to hit in a row, but if Expressive Iteration hits, I mean, I, Murktide's my big thing. Like, I guess Murktide isn't necessarily card advantage, but it's like dead opponent advantage. Just a like quick aside, that top control deck, the four color one, Expressive Iteration's in there with Uro. Well, there you go. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I don't, ever, I don't know if I've ever seen that. Yep. That, that's based, I think that's what he was splashing for is he took Bant and was like, I want to play Expressive Iteration. Yeah. And expressive iteration gets me, or red gets me expressive iteration, a card that's clearly very good. Yep. And it gets me access to Pyroblast. Obviously, clearly, that was worth it for him. To yeah, come in through. it worked. worked. Um, then we got, so it was Ragavan, expressive iteration, Murktide Regent, and then Lotus Petal. I think Lotus Petal on the top is a clear indication that combo is too strong. I mean, Lotus Petal doesn't belong anywhere except a combo deck, a, a, a greedy, broken combo deck. Don't get me wrong. I'm glad they exist, but like that's a greedy, broken combo deck running Lotus Petal. That's our. That's one of our top ten cards played. Yep. That is an example of a very combo heavy meta. I don't really have anything to add there. Just that's true. Yeah. What <laughs> about our creatures? Yeah, we'll just do the top five creatures because it kind of just sets the, the same. Point. Ragavan, Murktide Regent, Dragon Rage Channeler, hey, Endurance, Holy Trinity. and then Elvish Reclaimer. Elvish Reclaimer is in there for probably green white depths. Yeah. Or depths packages in general. Yeah, whatever color you happen to be running. Yep. Searching out depths combo. Cool. So what do you think about Legacy, Matt? I think there are some very clear problems with it. I think that is reflected in the fact that they're having trouble firing events. Mm -hmm. Repeatedly. Repeatedly. This isn't just a one-off thing. Uh, it's three Saturdays in a row now. Yeah. And as we talked about last week, this has a cascading effect. Yeah. Where fewer people stop setting it. Fewer people set aside their Saturdays or their Sundays if they don't know the event's going to fire. Yep. Whether or not you want to talk about fixing it right now or if you want to push that off to later, that's fine. But Legacy is clearly not in a good spot. And this is something you and I have talked about since the inception of this podcast. Mm -hmm. Is It was the cause of this podcast. Correct. I'm curious to see where it lands. Mm -hmm. I Clearly something has to change. Most I, likely. I mean, I hope so. So Something's got to give. We've been on Reddit quite a bit, um, kind of checking out people's interests. We've been we making some posts. There seems to be a relatively open mind to bannings right now. Whereas I think, well, there's always people calling for bans. I think the majority of the legacy community is relatively anti-bans. And we received very little pushback bringing up the topic right. of removing cards. I didn't see anyone saying this format's fine. Yeah. Nobody, nobody jumped in to defend saying they're having the best time of their life. Plenty of people were having a lively debate as to which cards mm -hmm. need to go. And that's, I mean, with a metagame as complicated as legacy, that's going to happen. Yeah. And anyone who tells you they've got all the answers is wrong. Yep. We can make educated guesses, but that's about it. But no one is going, yeah, this is totally okay. Yeah. I, know, uh, I won't say no one, but no one told us. <laughs> yeah, no one told us. Yeah. I agree with most of what Matt said. I would like to see a change in legacy. I I think you could argue a lot in favor or against bans so long as magic is being played, people are enjoying it. Once you start not firing events, I don't know what legs you have to stand on to argue that nothing should change. Yep. Once you... once people stop going to Friday Night Magic, once people stop going to challenges, once people stop being interested in playing the format, the format has to change or the format will begin to decline. Who cares if on the numbers 
all your metagame, like your archetypes are balanced out or like you could have a perfect split between like mm -hmm. combo aggro control. If no one wants to play your format, no one wants to play format. A wonderful example, if anyone listens, plays standard. I mean, standard before rotation had a good aggro deck. It had a decent control deck. It had a good combo deck. Things like uh, like removal base for control decks and whatnot. The format sucked. Everyone yep. hated playing. Everyone hated playing the format so much they created pre-rotation standard, or sorry, it'd be a post-rotation standard before Innistrad because people hated standard so much. The numbers weren't that terrible. Nobody, and if you listen to the Plain Soccer's podcast, they got on every week and read meta shares. Nobody had a crazy meta share, but nobody wanted to play standard because it was freaking boring. Yep. And so while Legacy is not particularly in a crazy balanced place, even if it was, if no one's playing, something should probably change. Right. And it's. I think it's pretty clear, at least in this particular case, what the culprits are. Mm -hmm. That's not always easy to say, but like people don't like Ragavan, plain and simple. Some people love playing him uh -huh. and a lot of people like him because he's powerful. He's not a very popular card. He's causing play patterns that people don't like playing against. People are trying to pin that on days. I think you got an okay argument there, but I think that's that's something we'll talk about a little later is like where you want, what do you want out of legacy? Mm -hmm. And that's where that kind of decision needs. We're moving close to time for a change. And we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about that later. Let's move over to modern. I will run through our, again, it's pretty crazy. There's this weird thing that happened where on Saturday, a bunch of people got together and played modern in a challenge. And then they did it in the next day. It, too. it could have even been different people on Sunday, but a group of people got together and played modern in a challenge. Just a point of perspective. I didn't see if it was Saturday or Sunday. But one of the posts for the challenge over this weekend had 97 people. Ooh, wow. We can't. We, so, we can barely get 64. First place on Saturday, one of my least favorite decks to play against, Living End. That deck is really good. I am not denying that it's a good deck. I hate playing against Cascade. That's really strong. Your typical Living End deck. Five Color Elementals. That's a cool deck. I like seeing a deck like Five Color Elementals do really well. In my opinion, a relatively fragile deck that needs these one or two key pieces to function. Being able to put up such great numbers is really cool. Um, definitely on the backbone of things like Fury and Solitude. The ability to um, hit the E-break on a lot of things that need to be shut down. Especially Fury. Fury coming in and being what will equate to a one-for-one -one in many instances where you lose a card and you lose Fury to nuke two of their creatures. So I just got my Rights of Harmony in the mail. Mm -hmm. And more so than even Plague Engineer, I'm worried about Fury. Yep. Pyro <laughs> Pyrokinesis is a beating yep. Yep. as an elf player. I did. So I, <gasps> pop, 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 pop. I got to play elves over uh, the weekend or over the week with my new deck, and it was mono green. It was, however, vomiting creatures like freaking bananas. Yep. So it's, it's, it's a thing, possibly. Third place, we had black green sacrifice deck with, what's his name? Yogmoth. With Yogmoth. Then we had good old Jun coming in, Affinity in fifth. Our blue-white control decks holding a sixth spot. I think we had blue-white in both challenges. Real quick, before we go to seventh, can we take a look at that Affinity deck? Basically, since the Mox Opal ban, Affinity has kind of been not really a playable deck. So I'm kind of curious to see what it's trying to, what made this guy's approach playable. Yeah, so taking a look at this deck, artifacts, all of them. But we've got thing, we've got, so we've got uh, Mirror Enforcers. we got six Mirror Enforcers, essentially. Thought Monitor. Yep. All of the relevant stuff, Spring Leak Drum, Cranial Plating, Shadow Spear, Welding Jar, Urza Saga is probably your biggest pickup. Probably in that Urza Saga is just your win con because you're making a fucking 2020. In that deck, those Saga tokens effectively have a Cranial Plating on them. Yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah, you you, you get to <laughs> they're, create. They're not three threes and four fours. No, in that's where. Yeah, and most decks in Legacy are winning based on that three, three or four, four. And yeah, the ones in this deck are going to be 15, 15, 2020s. And your most common get is going to be Shadow Spear. Remember what Shadow Spear does? I sure Trample do. Lifelink. Yeah. That's a terrifying combination of keywords. That Seeing that deck in there makes me a little more excited to play Modern. Obviously, you know, I always joke around that I'm an Elves player, and I am. It's probably a long shot that Elves is going to be an actually good deck for a competitive scene. Mm -hmm. I have all of Affinity. That was the other deck I gotcha. played in Modern. Uh, I kind of saw the winds changing a little. I'm pretty good at picking out bands. Yeah, he is. And I just, I had this feeling that Mox Opal, it was going to go. So I sold mine in a GP. <laughs> and literally, I think a week or two later, they were banned. Yep. Speaking of bands, I mean, you even called the Stoneforge Mystic Unbanned. And you picked yours up probably two weeks before they got yep. unbanned. Yep. Yeah, pretty good grab. Uh, this deck does get to run Spire Bluff or Silver Bluff Bridge, the tapped artifact land. So yep. we're actually I was going to ask you about that. We're, we are seeing tapped artifact lands, three of them. Darksteel Citadel, of course. Yeah. Also seeing Treasure Vault 
Yeah, that's which it. a lot of people were kind of excited about, and that it's an un, it's just another untapped artifact land that creates colorless. You can dump mana into it to make a relatively inefficient number of treasures, which honestly sounds like it's a, a waste of space, but it is a, I'm assuming, a wonderful way to pump your when you um, got two or three constructs tarns. out. Yeah, it turns your car. It, it's a good way to pump your constructs like at instant speed. You can swing in with your two seven sevens and you can bump them up to eight eights or nine nines. Yeah, I mean, well, that's game winning. And I mean, on top of that, treasure tokens pull double duty and affinity. Anyway. They sure do. You yeah. can use them to get an affinity cost on one dude and then sacrifice the uh, sacrifice them for mana for the next. Yep. If I'm thinking about this correctly, I don't think you can use a treasure token to get affinity and then pay its cost. Correct. Wow. I have to run through the seven or ten, the seven or eight steps of casting a spell. And I think you can. Because because anything that reduces the cost takes place before costs are paid. So it would count the number of artifacts, lower so. the total cost, then you could sacrifice the treasures to pay for I it. believe so. Cool. I believe you get to reduce the cost by the art, by them and then use them to cast. That's what I was hoping for. Yes, I think it works that way. Judges in the audience, please hit us up and let me know if I'm wrong. I've only done the first like four or five classes at Judge Academy to become a level one judge. And I think that is correct. But I could be wrong. Moving on. From Affinity, like I said, Blue White Control was in sixth. Yep. Seventh was Persist. We have legit Reanimator back again. Could not be hated out yet. There's been a lot of, I've seen a lot of graveyard hate being thrown around main board and sideboard, mm -hmm. especially because of the new Arc Light Phoenix decks. Yeah. Those things are fucking bonkers. I've watched them played several times online. That deck is crazy explosive. It is crazy explosive and crazy resilient. The number of times that it can go off get in for 10 points of damage, get stopped, and then two turns later go off as strong as before. So pretty crazy. And then Ad Nauseam, Thassa's Oracle combo coming in eighth place. Something we haven't seen very much on here, but is still a really cool deck. Well, and that's... I also really hate playing against it. That's one of those things, again, it, you can't draw conclusions from one tournament. But if you think about it, with Living End and Reanimator and Phoenix deck coming in, you're going to have a lot more graveyard hate. Yep. People are going to be... That's going to take up more slots in people's sideboards. That's true. And that's going to open up opportunities for decks yeah. like Affinity or Ad Nauseam to come in and take yeah. advantage of a softer metagame. Decks that do get hated out easily, but that's there isn't the room for them. It's yep. kind of the Reanimator problem in Legacy. Yep. Reanimator is very easily hated into hated out of existence, but if no one's doing it, Reanimator just wins. That's the thing. Uh, it's widely been said that Reanimator is one of the best decks in Legacy. It's certainly the most powerful deck in my opinion. It's just it has. And Achilles heel. Yeah. And if people, if they don't get sloppy mm -hmm. and they respect the graveyard, Reanimator is a much worse deck. If, if they don't, it a Grizzlebrand on turn one consistently is. Yeah. Background. I was going to say, it probably is the most consistently powerful turn one deck. There are some decks that are probably, I mean, I think Storm is more powerful. Yeah. Than, Storm can just flat out win the game, but it's not on as nearly one. consistently a turn one deck as Reanimator can be. Very consistent. Turn yeah. one. Maybe not your opponent's not dead, but you know, you've got Grizzlebrand and Chancellor on the board. Good right. luck. So and Tide Spout Tyrant yep. in, in your hand, just wait, you know, every time you hit with Grizzlebrand, you draw seven more cards. No, you don't, Matt. You gain seven life. Yeah, I know. And then you pay seven <laughs> life and draw seven cards. Correct. <laughs> I'm kind of surprised to see ad nauseum and things like Living End being so prevalent. Because a lot of the content I've been watching lately, and I watch a lot of Aspiring Spike, control seems to be very strong right now. Blue-white control or blue-white X control seems to be really good. Mm -hmm. So I'm kind of surprised to see those decks doing so good, doing so well. But, I mean, obvious, I'm, obviously they are. I'm looking at the numbers here. So yep. I don't know if we just need to see these blue-white decks tune in better to fight the metas. Or if maybe Ad Nauseam and Living End is just good enough that it doesn't care. That is one of the downsides to having a very, an incredibly diverse metagame like Modern has, mm -hmm. is control decks do, I mean, you still only have 15 cards yeah, in your sideboard. That's true. So sometimes you'll see, I mean, we've seen it in the past couple of weeks where control decks will top eight or something like that. And a lot of that, as far as like a, a trend goes, is going to be people picking the right cards mm -hmm. or the right decks to beat. Yeah. And that's kind of what you have to do when you've got, yep. I mean, there's probably a solid fifth, any somewhere between 10 and 20 decks in modern that could show up and win a tournament on any given day. I would agree with that. It's pretty hard to build a control deck around that. So you kind of, I mean, you just had to pick a spot. Yeah, think, that's a good point. You know, pick the ones you think are going to be the most prevalent. And that's exactly how affinity snuck in is yeah. no no one 
yeah. is packing stony silence in the sideboard. Apparently not this week. <laughs> so it's just like, guess what, guys? Yeah. You forgot to bring your artifact hate. It's one of the things control players just have to deal with. Yeah. They get That's to play some very powerful cards. You got to pick some decks you want to beat. And I say this all the time. Pick what you want to lose to. Yep. And there's just a lot to lose to in modern right now. There's a whole lot to lose to. Yep. It's not like, I mean, if you notice, so we, we see about one blue-white control list most weeks. We have one on Sunday as well. Legacy, you quite often see two to three control lists in the top eight yep. every week because they only have to fight two or three decks on average. Yeah. Two and or three decks that are like they're going to fight a lot. The funny thing is, if you look at the lists, I mean, obviously the Legacy ones have cantrips. That's mm -hmm. a big deal. But the lists outside of that are very similar. Oh, yeah. Yep, they, they share a lot of cards. There's they a share lot of a lot of I mean, cards. You get the, obviously the most powerful old stuff in Legacy, but they a lot of modern playables are seen in Legacy control. Not surprisingly, they're just but it's it's what's modern... powered up control so much recently in Legacy is these new modern cards. Yep, and it's just modern control decks just have a lot more ground to cover. Yeah, that's true. So bumping over to Sunday, first place Crashing Footfalls. Second place was four color good stuff again that yorion deck that yorion four color good stuff ice fan that guy's secretly the best modern player this in the is world. a different guy <laughs> oh is it it could be an alternate account um <laughs> i don't think it was martinez dp but again this this omnath four color yorion deck of really good cards this is a little different than last week i mean we got like utopia sprawls abundant growth special iterations but we also have just that crazy value stuff to fairy time raveler, Ren and Six, Solitude, Fury, Eternal Witness to pair well with our Ephemerate. Good, good cards. Yep. So again, that deck that we all said, or we both said two or three weeks ago, how the hell is that deck putting up numbers? It is continuing to. So we were wrong. We we well, were just we, wrong. We were wrong about that deck. But one of the things you and I both talked about is the 60 card deck size. Oh, yeah. And this is just another notch in the column of. Hey guys, maybe it's not that big of a deal yep. to run 61 yeah, cards. One, this yeah, guy's yeah. running because if you think about it, what that deck, the backbone of that deck is, is four color elementals. Yes. Yeah, that's what it is. And it he's, it, it he's, starts out as four color elementals and then he buys. And then he bumps up, he adds another 20 cards to it to get yeah. Yorion. Yep, to get the extra planeswalkers, to get the iterations, the endings, <clears throat> the growths, and the sprawls. Yep. Again, you you were gonna have a hard time promising me, generic player, that your deck is the best it can be at sixty because a lot of people are proving their deck can be better at eighty. So I think seventy two is probably the right number. Food for thought. Third place, crashing footfalls. We're seeing uh we're seeing a bit of a resurgence in Cascade. We had about a about kind of a week off and yep. it's back in numbers today, or I guess this weekend. Hammer time, fifth place, red green, prime time scape shift. So it's cool to see Primetime back in the top eight again. I think we had one last week. We were joking about, oh, it's time to ban Primetime again. You yeah. Know, Primetime just lived in infamy as the most bannable deck in modern. MH2 comes out and just... He's nowhere to be found. Almost nowhere to be found. Yeah. So that's pretty and that's, cool. That is a perfect example of why you can't, or at least you shouldn't, just fly off the handle when things start to look yep. a little unbalanced in a metagame. Give it time. Yeah. So it's just like... Okay, before Modern Horizons 2, Primetime was on the chopping block. Exactly. And there were there were there were even um joke ban announcements talking about banning Primetime. He yeah. was, people wanted him gone so bad. He was the days of modern. Yep. And now one of the top eight. Pick up your primetimes, they're cheap. Then we got Burn in sixth, another blue white control list, a blue white X control in seventh. Just so we can keep our conversation going a little bit. Is that burn deck a Luris deck or not? It is Boros and we do have Luris. So I was speaking with some people on Reddit over the weekend about why we're not running Luris. We are running Luris. First of all, we were idiots last week. Um, Luris doesn't give a shit about non-permanence. So things like Skewer the Critics and Rift Bolt are totally fine in a Luris deck. Duh. But, you know, looking at these lists, I can't imagine what you're not getting if you run Luris. Especially I, if you're already running Boros. Because that's a... Especially. There, there's, there is a decent number of people out there, and I was one of them when I played Modern Burn. Mono Red. Mono red. Yeah. Because I don't like I don't like losing to my deck. That's fine. And burn is a pretty I mean, if it's you got, draw it's nineteen lands. Yeah, it's nineteen lands with no cantrips and it's just it's rough having another color in there. Yeah. So like I get like if that's the argument you want to make where you're just mm -hmm. like, hey, I I don't want the additional again, back to that consistency versus power argument. Yep. I don't want to lose this consistency to get a little bit of power from Luris. Fair. But I would say, but last week we had three Boros decks. They were all Boros burn. Correct. We didn't see any mono red burn in the top eight. So I don't know. It seems to be right now Boros might be the superior burn archetype or burn deck. And I, I think I, it has been for a while. I don't know what you're not getting with Luris. Maybe some sideboard cards. Maybe some sideboard cards. If you're a burn play, and, and realistically, 
you're losing one sideboard slot in fairness. And, yep. You know, but you can if those sideboard cards are that important, you don't have to bring Luris in game two. Right. He can just live in the sideboard. We can go in the main. So if you're a burn player actively, Matt was a burn player. I never was. If you are a burn player and you have a wonderful reason why Luris is the right pick or why Luris is not the right pick, hit us up. You know, we, we put these episodes up on Reddit every week. Hit us up, Cantrip Cartel, Gmail, all the stuff we've already said before. We'd lo- I'd love to I'd love to hear why, because yeah. we are not experts. Matt's a, Matt knows more than me, but we're I've not experts on, on I, I'm definitely not an ex- a burn yeah. expert. So there's obviously a reason some people are, some people aren't. I'd love to know it. Maybe the reason is they just don't have Loris and don't feel like trying new things. There's a decent portion of the magic community. Yep. That just doesn't. doesn't I don't like mind. new things. I don't like new things in very specific scenarios. Mm-hmm. I love tinkering with decks. So like, oh, cool. I get to play. Yeah. A, I get to recast Goblin Guide because of Loris for my I, graveyard. I mean, the and value of Loris. Loris is an absurdly broken card. And it's one of those things like if you can play with it, I think you should. Yeah, I agree. Let's move on through here. We're getting a little long on time. Blue White Control in 7th. Dredge in 8th. Hey, Dredge. Didn't know you still existed. <laughs> I mean, legit Dredge. A couple Never new left. pieces. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. But Dredge is back. So, again, Dredge is back, even though Graveyard hate is on everyone's mind with Phoenix, with Living End. There's a ton of uh, Persist. There's Re- a ton the of... The actual, gra- like, the faithful mending reanimator list. Yeah, there is a ton of Graveyard hate to be played right now with how prevalent graveyards are and dredge is still eighth place so good, good job i'm dredge. happy to see it yep. one or two in the top 32 that's fine so i'll run through our top five i'll run through our, our uh, most prevalent five decks or maybe six decks in the summary so we had hammer time at five decks footfalls at four decks blue white control at four blue white's up there good is it tempo at four and then we get into other and burn and whatnot yeah. some threes any elves in there in our tops top 32 what are you I'm going to ask you every week. <laughs> no, Matt. There's still no elves in the most played decks of the meta against memory. I would bet there's no there's no elves in the Sunday challenge. Wait, hang on. Did you play in the Sunday challenge? I did not. There's no elves in the Sunday <laughs> challenge. <laughs> most played cards. I'll run through the top five. Lightning Bolt, Mistress Bobble, Counterspell, Archmage's Charm, and Mystical Dispute. Uh, I guess we'll run through ten. Uh, Dragon Race Channeler, Expressive Iteration, Engineered Explosives. That's a good card to see in there for all kinds of stuff. Esper Sentinel, love that card. And Stoneforge Mystic, my girl coming in at 10. I love Stoneforge. Archmage's Charm and Mystic Dispute coming in the top five. Control is here for sure. Oh, sorry, and Counterspell number three. Mistress Bobble and Lightning Bolt showing us those Luris decks in one and two. Top five five creatures. I like doing five creatures. Dragon Race Channeler. Esper Sentinel at number two. That card's dope. Love it. Stoneforge Mystic at number three. Love Stoneforge Mystic. Murktide Regent. I'm less happy about that. At number four. And then Mem Knight at number five showing us those Hammer Time decks still here doing stuff. The nice thing is, at least from what we look through, it seems like it in modern Murktide and DRC and whatnot, they're played a lot. Oh, 100%. Not but they're broken. not, they're just, they're just not that, they're not as powerful. Yep. The, the cards behind them don't support them well enough. Correct. Whereas they do in Legacy, they have the supporting stuff to get them really yeah, you firing. You need that critical mass of cantrips yep. to like fuel through, you know, abuse your DRCs. Your Merktide region, and so they cost two. With modern just being a relatively slower format, players have more time to get the answers. I mean, it's not Merktide is an answerable card. Dragavan is an answerable card. The formats are slower. The answers that the the defense the player has is weaker, and the answers are there. Yep. So the slower format is probably just giving people the chance to respond to them in time. So yeah, we're not seeing DRC. Probably feels pretty good to cryptic command your opponent's Merktide region. <laughs> Man, I bet that feels good. <laughs> I bet that feels really good. <laughs> so, speaking of how these decks or these cards are not crazy broken in modern like they are in Legacy, I did want to point out Saffron Allah put up a post today. We record on Tuesdays that there was a, a 5-0 humans list running for Ragavan. Yep. Which was kind of funny because we did the math. There were five lands. And this that, was modern humans, sorry, right? Sorry, modern humans. There were five lands that could cast that card turn one. Yeah. And they're still running for Ragavan because the card's just that good. Yep. Might Her. as well try it out, right? No, I'm sorry. There weren't five because it had, I'm sorry, because it had the ancient ziggurats. Oh, nine. So there were nine. There were nine. So that gives you a reasonable shot. You know what? I take that back. There's a little more likely. But it's a human's deck. It's running Ragavan. Just the joke is that Ragavan's a pretty powerful card and it's powerful enough that decks that maybe shouldn't run it are running it. They're at least trying it. They're right? at least trying it. So yeah. they're going to go, it could hey, be look, wrong. This, you know, I'm going to run a league with this. I mean, the guy 5 0 a league. Yep. That's. It's not to take away from his accomplishment. So it's one of those things where it's notable, but it's not proof of anything. It is at the minimum worthy of note. 
Right. But it, yeah, it's not. I mean, I don't build my decks off 5.0 lists. No. I build my deck off challenge lists. So we'll see if in the coming weeks, maybe we see a humans list top top 32 or top 16 with. Have we even seen humans lately? I don't think we've mentioned humans one time. In fairness, we only go through the most played decks and the top eight. Yeah. But no, we have not seen humans. I wonder if it's just kind of been supplanted by elementals. That's just because elementals. I think elementals with all of the, the help deck they is got constructed very similarly. Yeah, well, it's a superior tribal deck right now. Exactly. Like they got a lot of help from MH2. Humans didn't get nothing from MH2. Yeah. They so. certainly didn't get five very playable cards. <laughs> I would say four. I don't. I don't think Celdi's playable. Celdi is not playable. Don't argue with me. I'm not saying it's never good. It is not playable. It's definitely it's definitely not main currently not playable. It's not main deckable for sure. Yeah. I tell you what, when prime time comes back, it is. That's subtleties. Subtlety is one of those cards where it's very, I don't want to say it's it's not an incredibly powerful, it's not solitude, it's not fear. Uh -huh. I'm not trying to make that argument yeah. because that's not the case. But it's a good card. Well, it just needs specific circumstances. Well, it doesn't answer anything relevant right now. Correct. There is no big creature that it answers better than subtlety. Or sorry, than, than solitude. Than solitude. Yeah. The only thing it would answer that is hyper relevant, it would be primetime. Because primetime enters and does his thing. Solitude isn't nearly as good once he's already entered. Subtlety hits him on the stack. Other than that, there's no creature you're terrified of letting resolve that I can think of. Maybe, no, no one even casts other Archon. Than the of, other, well, other no one casts Archon of Cruelty. And you don't want to be going down two cards to stop a DRC. Yeah. I don't I don't think you do. So I think that's why it's positioned so poorly. If the metagame shifts and we start seeing more, insert your giant creature that has an ETB here, then subtlety will become good. That's a card that I'm glad it exists because it's a good tool. Yep. But right now, unplayable. Take it out of your decks. So before we I move on. I don't think they bothered to put them in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Although, you know what? It might be worth buying if they're cheap just to own because you have them. That you is never, the kind. You never know when the metagame shifts. It's very, it's almost never a bad idea to pick cards like that up if you can get them for cheap. Yep. Cards that do a very specific thing and a, a very specific and maybe rare thing. And that's the thing. If you think about that, when do you think that cycle is going to be reprinted again? Yeah. Somewhere around the five year mark. Like probably going to be a while. It's going to be a while. The, so if that card, yeah. if any, if that card becomes good, it's going to be a 20 or $30 card and you're going to wish you picked it up for five. Yeah, exactly. So moving out of modern, let's move in. Oh, I do. Uh, I, we think modern is in a pretty good place as usual. It kind of slipped my mind because we just say the same thing every week. Modern yep. looks great. I've yeah. been playing in modern. I've been watching modern. Modern's fun. I'm not going to lie. Seeing that affinity list on there, that got me a little more excited. There you like, go. Elves, again, I want to play it. I have no delusions that yeah. it's going to be great. I think it's good enough. I think I think, I think, think the format is wide enough that you can play elves, get good at it. I think you can do it. The, the nice thing is there's not a ton of plague engineers running around. Oh, no, I haven't seen any. So that means you really only have to dodge... Well, the cool thing is, like, a couple cards. So since humans isn't a deck, what does Plague Engineer hit? I mean, nothing. It doesn't... It doesn't it, hit him in an impactful way. Oh. No. Like, you could name Elemental, but who cares? Who, yeah. No, they're, they're not killing it. There's very few Elementals that are really relevant. Right. So, yeah, Plague Engineer is really on the downswing because it just doesn't do anything. Like, you don't play Plague Engineer to take to go a one-for-one. One. You do your Plague Engineer so you can get a four-for-one. Yeah, I mean, it's a one-sided Wrath of God against just, elves. That's what it's there for. We're just not seeing that. So, so yeah, I'm... I want to try cool. that. Yeah, check it out. I've been playing it more. I'm loving it. I did want to mention before we move on, the Worlds event is this weekend. Yep. And wow, 16 people. 16 people. We do not particularly cover Standard very much. We weren't going to cover it too much other than I wanted to tell people, in case you didn't hear, Worlds will be streaming this weekend, potentially one of the biggest and highest stakes magic events of the year. They're going to be playing Standard and Draft. You should check it out if you're interested in that kind of thing. However, we were definitely going to talk about it when we heard that the world's meta was spoiled. Yep. So somehow someone got a hold of the deck list submitted for worlds. So Matt, do you want to run through what the standard worlds metagame is looking like? Because there's yeah. a lot of talk right now on how you, legacy kind of needs some bands. We think maybe there's a lot of talk about maybe standard needs some bands too, even though we have a whole new set coming out in a month. What do you think? I'm not going to lie to you. I haven't played standard in years, but it, just looking at this, there's 16 decks. Yep. Half of them are the same deck. Essentially. Either Grixis or is it Epiphany? Yeah. Basically, I mean, Grixis is just splashing black for something they think is a yep. cool, relevant getting some Getting those Allrun's Epiphanies in, baby. Right. So if you don't own Allrun's Epiphany on Arena, it might be worth it to spend the wild cards on them because you're probably going to get those wild cards back. Yeah. So the other half... <laughs> Yeah, the, oh, so that's half of the meta. That's half of the meta. Now, again, 
this is one of those things I really, you don't want to draw conclusions from something like this because it's 16 people. 16 people, it's one event. The flip side of that is it's 16 of the best players playing at a very high stakes yes. tournament. So they sh they are presumably picking the decks they feel like are best positioned to win. Uh -huh. Following Epiphany, we've got Mono Green Aggro with three out of the 16. And there's also a Gruel Aggro deck. Yeah, we, which we kind of mush those together. And they're probably approaching the same. Their game plan's probably a green-based aggro yeah, deck. Green-based aggro deck. Then you've got Mono White Aggro with two. Then Dragons and Azorius Aggro. Is it Dragons? So we still have yeah. Is it. So we're gonna see a lot of the same Is it cards. Yep. So half of our field is gonna be some form of Epiphany, and then a quarter of the field is gonna be some form of greenish aggro. Yeah. And the funny thing is, so Jake had come had come over. And was like talking about standard. He's like, yeah, it's kind of, you know, funny. They just came out with another set and it looks like we're right back to two dominant decks. Yep. And that was before we saw this. Yeah. we yeah. And so this is one of those things where we're not drawing conclusions from this. This is reaffirming. Yeah. This is evidence towards our, yep. you know, hypothesis, I guess, it's, where it's just like, well, you know, there might be another standard band yeah. incoming. So just. It's just crazy to see that modern or not standard is already maybe in a bad place. You know, a week or two after a set release, three or four weeks before another set release, we might be seeing cards banned. I don't know how I would approach that. Knowing another set's coming out in a week, Wizards, for all we know, could have foreseen this. Yeah, the problem is like, how is that other set going to be affecting? I, I, I I'll tell you the cards. You know, Alrin's Epiphany is obviously one of the best cards, and then in green we're looking at Ranger Class, Isika's Chariot. And Ren and Seven are some of our heavy, heavy hitters. Do you know what all those do? No. Okay. So Ranger Class is one of those uh, D and D cards. It, yeah, it's an enchantment. That it's a. Oh, it's one of the class cards. One of those yes, actually seeing it's a, play. It's a Ranger Class. It's a class card. So it comes down. Okay. Well, the thing is, it's a two mana art. It's a two mana enchantment that makes a two two creature. So hey, two for one. That's pretty yep. cool. Then you can. I think when you level it up, every time a creature, every time one or more creatures attack, you get to throw a plus one plus one taunt a creature. Yeah. So all your creatures get bigger. And then when you max it out, you get to play creatures on the top of your library. Oh, that's cool. So that's, but it's just that, that turn two amazing value. Yeah. Well, that's one of those things that curves out really well. Yes. You drop it on turn two, you start beating face. Yep. You got any extra, if you're not, if you don't. It's a great mana sink. Yeah. You're just like, well, I don't really have anything to cast this turn. Yep. Level up. Oh, cool. Level up again. Now I'm playing cards off the top yep. of my deck. Isika's Chariot is a four mana vehicle. Comes in, it comes in. It's a uh, four mana, four, four vehicle. Makes two. Two two cats. So hey, three for one. And then whenever it gets crewed and attacks, I think I think whenever it attacks or when it is tapped, you get to make a copy of a token you control. Yeah. So you make another cat. The idea was better. that you make another cat. The problem is not only does it pair really well with Ren and Seven, it also hits it pretty well on curve because it's a four drop. Ren and Seven is a five drop. It has four Planeswalker abilities. Which is a problem in and of itself. Oh, it has four abilities? <laughs> <Right>? Yeah. Ignore <laughs> that part. Yeah. Ignore the fact that it has the same for, number of for, abilities for that five, Jace does. For five mana, you get five loyalty, and it has four abilities. Where have I heard that before? For four mana, you <laughs> So you reveal the top four cards of your library, put all the land cards into your hand, and the rest into your graveyard. That's your plus one. Zero, you can put you can dump all your lands from your hand onto the battlefield. Minus three, though, you create a green tree folk creature token. Equal to the number of lands you control. With this power, equal to the number of lands you yeah. control. And then you double that when you swing with your cat. Exactly. Car. So your two those two cats you made last turn can turn your vehicle on. Or you actually what you could do is you can make that token and one of your cats crew your vehicle, swing with the vehicle, make a new token. So they just pair so well. I mean, Red and Seven's a pretty powerful card. People are talking about it playing, seeing play in modern, maybe. It's definitely good in standard. And it just, it just that curve. I mean, where it's turn one, do something. Turn two, Ranger class. Turn three, something. I'm uh, Turn three is, a, there's a, like, a it's a green, 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 like a three, three or a four, three troll. Then mm -hmm. when it dies, it comes back onto, like, a land and you get to play it again for free. So two oh, for one. So it's kind of like a troll. Not two for one. I think it's three mana. But still, you, get to, you may play it again. And then... Turn four, Chariot. Turn five, Ren and Seven. The board is swamped. Good luck. Standard's probably in a rough place. We're doing a little more on Standard this week. Plane Soccer's had to skip their, their episode this week, so we're going to kind of help them and talk a little bit more on Standard. I'm sure they'll be back next week and have... Because they'll get to be here after this has happened. Yeah, so they'll, they, have they'll a lot get more, to talk about Worlds. They'll have a more comprehensive analysis, but we couldn't skip over the chance to talk about the leaked meta of Worlds and where Standard might be and where it might be going. Because the last time we had this happen where a high-level tournament was dominated by a deck, we saw a banning like the week after, and that was, yeah. and that was Omnath. Matt, we are getting a little long in our episode, as we always are. 
What do you want to talk about? We can either talk about some of the responses to our Reddit post, or we can talk about what we like to see in a legacy format in detail. We'll start with the Reddit post. We don't have to go into detail about that, but I think those two things are pretty closely linked. So when the challenge did not, well, I'm sorry, when we thought the challenge didn't fire on Sunday, and at the time I did not know about the challenge on Saturday, I put a post up, a very, uh, a, a very neutral post talking about how with us having a hard time firing events. And, you know, I said it was three events, three events in as many weeks. And while it turned out the Sunday challenge did fire, the Saturday didn't. So technically I was right. I was recommending people that we probably shouldn't be buying cards right now for decks and that what do we think might be a solution to this meta? And so uh, it's one of my popular Reddit posts I've gotten you know, almost a hundred replies on it. Me and Matt were both talking to a lot of people back and forth. We had some, we had some shade thrown at us. We had some wonderful back and forth banter, um, some good points. And so to talk about some of that, we spoke of last week banning some of the cantrips and we threw out maybe ponder and preordain. One of the responses I got that really hit me was the idea that banning ponder and preordain hits combo very hard. Right. And they were right. I didn't think about that. I don't want combo to get hit that hard. I don't want to destroy Delver and destroy combo in the process. I don't even want to destroy Delver, really. So As a non-blue player, I do. Screw up. <laughs> so, you know, our response to that is, you know, or my response to that is, uh, that you're right. That's probably too much. Banning both of them might be too much. Banning both at the same time is definitely too much. So I maybe change my mind a little bit and maybe think about, I think Ponder should go. But maybe ponder and port and go. And so we get stuck with brainstorm and preordain. You don't get the option of that pay one mana to look at three cards of portent. I'm not sure. But it's a good thing to think it's a good thing to keep in mind that yeah, ponder and preordain really do help or sorry, yeah, brainstorm, ponder, and preordain really help support combo. Nuking them all from orbit or even two of them is probably too much. Yep. And I and it's really important that when you start talking about what you want Watsi to do to fix your format, because I honestly think they do listen to us on mass. You should try and have some constructive criticism on what you think should go. And you don't want to be throwing out these, these flagrant claims that would destroy a bunch of decks. Right. That's a great way to be ignored immediately. Correct. And and that'll kind of bring us in. That's a good segue. One of the things you need to keep in mind when you're talking about this kind of stuff is what you want to see out of a format. A good example, like the the example, I guess, is when Modern was first created, there was a very clear mission statement with Modern about what they're trying to accomplish, what the format's supposed to be like the type of stuff that would get removed, for example, the turn four rule that was modern. That's why Splinter Twin was allowed. And that's why so many people were shocked when it was banned because it followed all the rules of modern. For, re for reference, what is the turn four rule? So the turn four rule for modern was no combo deck can win consistently before turn four. Gotcha. So you could, you know, maybe get lucky, get the get the God draw. Yeah. But we don't want to see a deck that's regular. I mean, like Reanimator can regularly win on turn one. Correct. We don't want that. We don't want that. That's not what modern was supposed to be. Okay. And now that, just as a quick aside, that's kind of gone by the wayside to some degree where decks aren't like consistently winning before then, but they the number of decks that do has gone up substantially. I see. So it's one of those things where like that, that's one of the pro, like the unbanning of Splinter Twin people they always bring up. It's like, well, Splinter Twin's not breaking any of the rules that these decks are. Gotcha. So why can't we have our toy back? Yep. And I think that's a fair argument. I'll tell you what, I want to cut off a little bit because we spoke very hesitantly, me more than you, about banning cards. And I, I take a very minimalistic approach to banning cards. And that statement is exactly why. Because Splinter Twin got banned. It's probably fine now and they don't unban it. Yep. That's why I think we, like, when, when we talk about banning, I usually come at it with a surgical precision. Because the problem is when a card is gone, it's just gone forever for no good freaking reason. I'm sorry. I guess we can jump back. I just yeah. So so if we want to pivot back to legacy, having said all that, what I'm looking for in legacy, a relative balance in archetypes. Mm -hmm. Of course, duh. And, and that, that, that's not and that can totally be flexing back and forth. Yeah, like, and, and ideally it would. Combo comes in heavy one month, so control comes in heavy the next month, so tempo comes in heavy the month after Correct. that. That rotating meta, I think that is perfect. It, it gives. Then the kind the, the interesting thing about that that I like is it kind of gives everybody a chance to fucking get in the spotlight a little bit. Yeah. So and obviously when we're talking about competitive play, that shouldn't be a primary concern, but it is also a game. And it's cool to see like metagames fluctuate, decks coming in. Mm -hmm. Like we were just talking about, I'm super excited Affinity's back. Yes. It, 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 from a competitive standpoint, that's irrelevant. Magic's a game. 
and I want to play fun stuff, yeah. and Affinity, in my opinion, is fun. So a relative balance between archetypes. Um, there needs to be, in my opinion, you need to be able to play what's called a fair deck, a non-blue fair deck, in my opinion. Okay. That's one of my things. Like if, And part of that is due to the strength of the cantrips. So by a fair deck, you mean a deck that intends on paying all of its mana for all of its spells. Yes, basically. Maybe except Force of Will. Yeah, I mean, so you're playing, you're paying mana for spells, you're attacking with creatures, you're not cheating, quote-unquote, yep. cheating on anything, you're not casting Show and Tell, you're not casting Emrakul for three with Show and yep. Tell. You're, you're not, not casting reanimating. Gri- you're not reanimating Grizzlebrand, Grizzlebrand, you're not casting 20 spells with a bunch of free yeah. artifacts. And if stuff you've like got that. a creature that costs three in your deck, you're planning on spending three mana, or very close, to cast to play it. And I think Legacy has been at its best when decks like Death and Taxes, Maverick, and a little bit of Stoneblade mm-hmm. are good. Gotcha. They don't have to be the best deck, yep. but you shouldn't feel like a moron for showing up without Force of Wills. Yeah. I think that's, and I think that's kind of where we're sitting now. Mm-hmm. Where, I mean, as we said, it was like 58, 56%. Half the, over half the successful decks have Force of Will in them. Force of Will and Brainstorm. I think Brainstorm right. is 53. Correct. I don't think that's, that to me is not a exciting meta to play in. It's far too limiting. Now, again, we have seen plenty of archetypes pop up within that. Uh-huh. But within that, I also prefer the older cards. So a good example of this would be the Modern Horizons 2 cards, right? You were much more heavy-handed in the, the most of those need to go, less Correct. of the old needs to Legacy go. Legacy is where we get to play with stuff like Days, Force of Will, Lion's Eye Diamond, Natural Order, Glimpse of Nature. Mm-hmm. Those cards need to be the, quote, pillars of the format. Yeah. And if the new cards are causing problems, they need to go. Because if you want to play Ragavan, it's literally from a set called Modern Horizons 2. Yeah, you can play you it. Can play, you can play Ragavan, you can play Murktide Regent, you can play all that stuff in Modern. I can only play Days and Legacy. I can only play day, Days and Legacy. Yeah. I can only cast Brainstorm and Legacy. Like, that's what this format is for. Mm-hmm. That's who it should be catering to. And to be perfectly honest, if that's not the type of thing you want to deal with, for example, if you don't like being comboed out on turn one or two, turn two, you can either A, build a deck that beats it, yep, or B, play modern. Yeah. Because the fact of the matter is, and I mean, again, I don't have force wills. I play elves. I have lost to plenty of show and tells on turn two. Yep. I have also won plenty of games on turn two with Glimpse of Nature mm-hmm. or turn three with Natural Order. That's the format we're playing in. Yeah. So the problem here is as you start banning these older cards, legacy and modern start to look a whole lot more alike. They do. If all we're running is modern's threats with a few of legacy's answers, why don't why aren't we just paying a thousand dollars for a deck instead of six thousand dollars? I think well, modern decks cost fifteen hundred dollars, but I think that's not a, if you play I, elves. I think that <laughs> yeah, let me twelve go. bucks on rights of rights. Oh, you talking about modern? I was like, in legacy, yeah. let me go sell my truck. I think that's very intentional that we've been moving. They've been moving modern towards legacy, and uh, intentional might be the wrong word, but. It's an odd coincidence that they have been moving modern towards the power level of legacy, much to everyone's appreciation. The problem is they're kind of trashing legacy in the process because these powerful cards that make modern very powerful are also getting into legacy and they just mesh so well with the other really powerful cards. Right. So as we discussed earlier, it doesn't look like the Modern Horizons 2 threats are really problem cards in modern. They're 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 seeing play. Yeah, they're doing well in modern. Absolutely. I'm not going to deny that at all. Legacy. But they cause a whole lot of problems in Legacy. Mm -hmm. This is just personal preference, but this is the background for how I'm making my decisions when we're talking about planning. There's a vision I have for Legacy, Mm -hmm. and it doesn't include Legacy looking like modern. So in my opinion, what my format goal, I think, for Legacy would be, or one of them, the first one that comes to my mind is I would like to do away with this list of cards that, like we've said, you're dumb if you're not running X. I, I don't... And they're almost all one color. Yeah, they're almost all one color, so they're all very splashable. They, they, they all, all these cards are, have relatively low deck-building costs, and it's just like... I mean, Uro doesn't, so that's fair. But you're dumb if you're not running Ragavan. You're dumb if you're not running Murktide, and you're dumb if you're not running Uro. That is not the mentality I look for when I'm building a deck and when I'm playing in a format, because... I look at my my blue white control. I have a Jeskai control list at home. That that was my first legacy deck, my first blue legacy deck that I built. Yeah. And I own in paper. I own it all the way through. And I'm looking at it going, I freaking should get some Ragavans. I've got red mana. I should get some Merktides. I've got blue mana. Yep. 
And like, well, I, and at that point, you go, I should play Just Guy Tempo and not Control. I should. Yep. So like, I look at the deck that I loved. I I'm glad I built it. I love playing it. I play it a ton online. And I just keep looking at all the places where it's not running these cards. Where it's like, well, duh. Why is Ragavan not in the deck? Why is DRC not in the deck? I run all the cantrips. Why don't I put a few more mountains in another volcanic island and put DRC in? That's not what I want out of a format. And so if we're talking about like what my format goal would be is I, I'm less concerned with the, you know the balance of the meta or the the balance of the archetypes that all should be there. But I want to first move away from you know insert card here. Why aren't you running that? Mm-hmm. I, I want to get back to like just some, ge- some generically powerful cards. Like everyone's running good stuff. But well, like, a, perf- a, a perfect example to back up your point. If I showed up to that tournament we're going to in Ohio in a mm-hmm. couple weeks with my blue red Delver deck as it is now, yep. which was a few months ago, was literally one for one. The list I should yeah, the list that was top eighting challenges and stuff. Correct. People, if I turn one Delver to turn two Sprite Dragon. People are going to look at me like yeah. I'm high. You know what's funny? You could probably do that and you all your Delvers would survive. Like you, you could probably do yeah, that. I you, could play Delver and they're going to hold their they're yeah. going to hold the removal for my inevitable Ragavans. Yeah, you could go Delver Delver <laughs> and they'd probably let the board sit cuz they're too scared of death uh, uh Dragon Rage Channeler. Yeah. So. But that's it, you know the TLDR where I'd like to see the format go. At least right now. I mean we, we could nitpick a format to death every week, but as a broad stroke, I'd like to see less cards exist maybe and definitely less cards printed that are the you're dumb if you're not running x yep now in wizard's defense we have been getting fewer of those cards from standard that's true and modern horizons 2 was designed at least explicitly for modern yep obviously it was just it was designed knowing legacy existed Mm -hmm. duh so modern horizons 2 has a ton of powerful cards but at least from the past few sets it's really been the only one Mm -hmm. that has shaken up these two formats that's progress i am I've said it multiple times. I am going to criticize Wizards at every point where I think they deserve criticism. They have done a much better job at making standard not spill into legacy yeah. and modern. They're isolating the power into supplementary sets, at least. Correct. That's true. So at least mm-hmm. we've got that. Yep. That's that's a step in the right direction. That's true. From when, you know, two years ago or whenever it was, Throne of Eldraine came out. And, I mean, legacy looked a hell of a lot like standard. Yeah. <laughs> It did. That was ridiculous. The, people were complaining about there was no format to play because you would leave standard to dodge Oko and Uro, but in modern you would just get Oko and Uro, and in legacy you, there was nowhere to run from Oko and Uro. So we haven't had anything like that in yep. a minute, and that's great. It doesn't look like there's anything in the Innistrad set that's going to be a problem. Yep. For legacy, at least. Obviously, standard is another story. Yeah, but they'll fix it, I'm sure. Credit where credit's due. Yeah. They've managed to tune standard a little bit better to the point where it's not spilling over into these eternal formats. So in three minutes or less, I answered one of my Reddit uh, comments. The big Reddit comment you got was, Matt, how could you possibly want to ban Force of Negation considering Force of Negation is a reactionary card? It's only there to stop someone else from doing broken things. So, A, that's not true. Broken decks use it to stop you from stopping them. So well, just it's not free on your turn. I know. It's there. It's, it's in used them. by these broken decks. It's in them, for sure. So... Just on its surface, that argument's not true. Combine that with the fact that within that ban, I talked about banning Ponder, yes. which is going to dramatically affect combo decks. It is. Hence, you need to, if combo's going to take a hit, yep. then fair decks need to go back to only having four Force of Wills, like seems, we did for the past 15 years seems before fair. Modern Horizons. Those two things, I think... Trying to balance it out. Where, yeah. yes, yeah, you lose something as a combo deck, but you also Correct. gain something in that your opponent is back to only having access because to four. Because that's the thing. That's when I'm talking about bands, that's why I kind of want to go after like cantrips or stuff like that's one. I wouldn't be fundamentally opposed to days in and of itself. I think the tempo archetype is probably a little too dependent on it. Mm-hmm. But that type of card is what I would go after. Like wizards like to like wizards loves to nuke decks. Yes, they do. I want to give them a haircut. Yeah. And like I want to go. Look, dude, your win percentage is 55%. That needs to be back down here with 50% like everybody else. Yep. Take a little off the top, and then you everyone gets to keep playing their deck. That's what I was getting at there. I got you. You hit Ponder. By trying to get the Delver decks, mm-hmm. you're going to get some splash damage to these combo decks. Yep. You got to get rid of something. And I know it's not a perfect analogy here. If you ban days, Force of Negation picks up a lot of that slack. It does come close. So... I don't think banning days gets anywhere when you just have, you just run eight force of wills then. Yep, that's true. 
that's why I landed there. Yep. And then we, we were both uh, relatively in favor of banning Urza Saga because the ability to play a land, make two creatures, and cast and tutor and cast a one or zero mana artifact for free seems a little broken. The thing about that is if you're looking at those cards, the Modern Horizons 2 ones, Urza Saga is the one that keeps showing up in the Everything. highest performing decks. Yeah. It's, just, it was just, it's everything where, Correct. I mean, case in point, the deck I built that I'm building in modern and kind of testing, I tried a couple of Urza Sagas in there. It's a good card. Sure is. Turns out made to late game, just making some constructs is pretty strong. Especially when you can slap a Cauldre Complete on them. Especially when you can slap a Cauldre Complete on them, for <laughs> or sure. Or at worst, like, your Cauldre Complete that's dead because they got rid of the token is still making your it tokens still bigger. still makes tokens bigger. Matt, was there anything else you want to talk about this week as we start wrapping up our episode? No, I think we're good. Gotcha. If you guys want to reach out to us, we'd love to hear from you, cantripcartel at gmail.com, or you can talk to us in a more personal manner at Facebook on the Cantrip Cartel group. We are proud members of the Planeswalkers Podcasting Network, and we are on their Discord. Check out Will and Aramis on Mondays or Tuesdays when they record, and they post their episodes on Wednesdays. They also record when, or they also play Commander on Wednesdays on Twitch. I highly recommend everyone check them out. They're an excellent standard and Commander-themed podcast. Matt, if there wasn't anything else you want to cover this week, I think we're ready to wrap it up. No, I think we're good. Have a nice night, guys. We will see you next week. Oh, Aether Vial trigger on the stack. Activate Aether Vial.